Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. Power. He is building dunamis. He is building an overcoming strength on the inside of you that will change the situation. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. 2 Corinthians, 12th chapter. We're going to start at verse number 1. Are you ready? And it says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such an one caught up uh, to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. How that he was called up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is uh, not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine, what? Infirmities. Paul said here, I will glory in my infirmities. You need to make a note of that, make a mental note or write that down. Paul said, I will glory in my infirmities. That is in roughness, in hardness. I will glory in my infirmities. That is in frustration and stress and in, in anxiety and worry and tribulation. Paul said, when I'm really going through something, when I'm really in the valley, when things are really coming at me, that's where I glory. I glory in that moment. I shine in that moment. When the heat is really on, that's when you really see me shine. Paul said, I glory in my infirmities. I glory when I go through. Glory, you really see me shine. Now that's a matured believer. That's somebody who, who understands something. And I pray today if you have a hearing ear to hear what the Lord has to say, that you'll also understood what Paul understood, or rather you'll also understand what Paul understood, and you'll be able to do the exact same thing. The world, uh, that goes contrary to the world system. The world system says when you're in a bad situation, well, you ought to look bad. You ought to be crying. You ought to be depressed. You ought to be worried. You ought to be filled with fear. You know, the, the situation dictates how they feel. Uh, much like um, uh, in, uh, in the summer heat, when it is hot, uh, people will dress, you know, we will dress according to the heat, or, or we will dress according to the weather. The weather will dictate how you dress, right? Uh, if it is snowing outside, you don't go outside in shorts. Although I did see people like that this winter. Uh, I really don't understand it, but praise the Lord. But normally, the weather dictates how you dress. The atmosphere dictates how you dress. That's how it is in this worldly system, how we operate in this earth realm. But we uh, are not, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And 
The way we do things naturally does not have to be the way that we operate in the spirit. When the atmosphere is toasted with anger and hatred and uh, people are discombobulated, when they are fearful, we can come in with the opposite effect and bring in the peace of God, bring in wisdom and bring um, bring in understanding. The Lord said, when they strike you on one cheek, he says, turn to them the other cheek. In other words, show them another way. We are not supposed to be caught up with the world, caught up with their thinking, caught up with their desires. That's not what Jesus has called us to be. He's called us to make a difference, to be different. He's called us to be a peculiar people, a strange people, a strange treasure. We're not supposed to be like those that have no hope. So Paul said here, I glory, he said, but I will glory in mine infirmities. He said, I really shine when the pressure is on. I wonder how many of us really shine when the pressure is on. But if you don't, you will, if you hear. And verse number six says, for though I would desire to glory, I shall not be I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Paul said, I don't, I don't glory in that. You, yeah, I got a reputation. Yeah, yeah, I've been to school. Yeah, but I don't glory in all of that. I'm not going to get caught up in all that. I'm not going to let them pump me up and push me over and, and make me king. Oh, no, no, no. I'd rather glory in one thing. I'll glory in my infirmity. Not in what I've done or where I've been. I'll glory in my infirmity. Now, we'll see why in a second. He said, and least, verse 7, least I should be exalted above measure. Now, we're really going to get into it starting here. You read these verses of Scripture before, most of you. Uh, If you haven't, we'll go through them, but we're going to really go line by line, verse by verse. It said, and least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation. There was given uh, to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, least I should be exalted above measure. Now, notice the terminology, the things he says twice in this verse. At the beginning of verse 7, he says, least I should be exalted above measure. At the end of verse 7, he says, least I should be exalted above measure. He says it twice in the same verse. This is not by accident, nor is this uh, a coincidence. He's saying here, uh, now in modern day vernacular, we would say like this. Paul was saying, least I should get the big head. Least I should get beside myself or think that I am... Uh, or something that I'm not, or at least I should get puffed up because of the abundance of revelation that God is giving, giving to me. Now, revelation, let's make it simple. Revelation simply means instruction. God is giving to, giving to me a wealth of instruction. I'm receiving a wealth of wisdom, instruction, and I'm being enlightened every day. Paul said this was an this was a daily account or or weekly account but it was very regular when Paul would it was very regular so that Paul could say uh, there was given to me this thing so that I wouldn't be puffed up now 
the Lord did not give him this thorn in the flesh, although some uh, T said from time to time that God gave him this thorn in the flesh to keep Paul humble. God gave him that to keep him humble. God gave him that to keep him humble. Uh, such teaching is not in line with Scripture. No, what was actually happening was Paul was being exalted. Paul was receiving instruction from God and he was giving instruction to God's people. He heard it and he gave it out. He heard it and he gave it out. So the enemy, Satan, sent a messenger to buffet Paul, to strike Paul, to stop him from doing what he was doing. Are you with me? It is the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God is not sending and he will not send you or give you a thorn in your flesh to stop you from doing what he called you to do. Come on, let's just talk about this thing just for a minute. It was the Lord that was giving Paul revelation. It was the Lord that was giving him understanding. And Paul was giving it out to the church. He was writing it down in what we call the New Testament. He was doing what God told him to do. You mean to tell me that God's going to give me a thorn in the flesh because I'm doing what he told me to do? We might as well go back to Egypt. Are you with me? But no, it is the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what you will actually find is that when you're doing what the Lord called you to do, the enemy will send a messenger. Now, the word messenger here in the Greek means, a, it means an angel. It is a, this is a, a fallen angel. And by, really by its purest definition, a, a, a messenger comes to bring a message. He comes with a word. He comes with a word. So let's look at that for a moment. Let's look at this. And we'll get back up to um, uh, verse 7, but let's go a little bit further. He said, There was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now again, now we know the word buffet looks like buffet, but it is really pronounced here in the scripture, buffet, which means to strike over and over and over and over again. Catch the picture. Catch what's happening in Paul's life at this moment. He is hearing from God, processing what he hears, receive this as instruction, as a word from the Lord, as wisdom from God, and he is giving it to others, and they're getting tremendous victory. And as that cycle continues, the enemy sees this, Satan sees this, and sends an adversary. He sends a messenger. He sends a demonic power or a fallen angel to strike Paul, to buffet means to strike over again and again and again and again and again in other words he's not sending the messenger with a constant attack a constant attack would be if you're on the ground and my foot is on your throat and i'm not letting up that's not buffet buffet means to strike boom stop and strike again boom just when you think it's over strikes again boom just when you think that's done strike it again boom and again boom and again boom in this way, you have no peace. In this way, you have no rest. Because you never know when the next attack is going to come. All you're doing is doing what the Lord calls you to do. You're in his presence. You're receiving his word. You're, you're receiving that revelation. And it is, and it is, it is a, an abundance of it. And you're giving it out to others so that they also may have victory. 
That's the condition that Paul's life is in. But here comes an enemy from Satan's camp. The Bible says the messenger of Satan or the messenger that came from Satan is coming to him, buffeting him, hitting him. Boom. Stop. Boom. Boom. It's kind of like somebody knocking at the door over and over. Boom. I'm going to hit you. Boom. I'm going to hit you. Blow after blow after blow after blow. Imagine two people in, in the boxing ring. They're buffeting one another. They're hitting one another. Boom, strike. There's a right. Boom, there's a left. Boom, there's an uppercut. Boom, over and over and over and over again. And their intent is to make you fall. Anybody got that? The intent is to make you fall or fall away from the church. Now, you'll understand something. Paul said also in other writings that he asked someone, why, uh, what did hinder you? you? You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Well, they were, they were doing right, but when, they were, but when they were doing right, the enemy came to send a, a messenger to buffet them, and he hit them, bang, and over, boom, and over, boom, and over, and over, and over again, and they fell away. From the church. And you notice that even in today's modern day church, somebody doing really well, then all of a sudden you turn around, what happened to so and so? What happened to so and so? And then you see them out in the street somewhere and they say, uh, Why don't you come to church? Well, I'm really going through some things. I'm really going through. I'm really being attacked. And so they think that it's logical that when you're attacked, to run away from God instead of run to God. But that's another story altogether. And so here's someone that is being buffeted. Paul said, I've been buffeted. I've been attacked over and over and over again by this messenger of Satan. Now, Paul is not being physically hit, and most of us, is not being, or most of us are not being physically hit, but Paul is being struck with words. A messenger comes to bring words, satanic words, a message from Satan. What does that sound like? It may sound like in your life, boom, you'll never get out of this thing. Boom, it'll always be the same way. Boom, you're nothing, nobody likes you. Boom, you're not going to get through this. Boom, you'll always be broke. Boom, you'll never get a job. Boom, they don't like you. Boom, all they want is your money. Boom, 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 over and over and over and over again, being buffeted. With these words of doubt and words of doubt and words of discouragement. Are you with me? So over and over and over, Paul is getting hit. Now, understand something. Paul was a very bold apostle. He tell it to you like it is. Like it is. When Peter messed up, he the Bible says he told he withstood Peter to his face in front of everybody. Paul was bold. So how is it that this bold man, now these demons, of course, are, will often use people to speak. So how is it that this bold man of God, full of faith and power, uh, full of, of boldness and, and can speak, how is it that he would be tormented so by the words that comes from others? Are you with me? Turn to your name and tell him everybody's got a, a point of weakness. Everybody's got one. He said, at least I should be exalted above measure 
There was given unto me a thorn in the flesh. And then, of course, he defines what a thorn in the flesh is, a messenger of Satan, a thorn in the flesh. Now, has anyone of you ever, has anyone ever had a thorn stuck in your finger before? Let me see your hands. Brother Barnell says he got one now. Thorn. A thorn is something, uh, possibly wood or some type of um, wood fragment that gets under the skin. This is something that has gotten under your skin. Somebody will get that in a minute. When words spoken from others get under your skin. And when they get under your skin, it makes it difficult for you to do things. You're trying to, especially when you work with your hands, whenever you go to touch something, use that finger, oh, it hurts. You feel it, and you know it's there. Now, Paul said, for this, I besought the Lord. Let's look at the next verse. For this thing, for this thorn, these words that are keep getting under my skin, these words that are tormenting, these words that are painful to me, for this... I sought the Lord three times, thrice, that it might depart from me. He said, Lord, come on, take this out of my finger. This is too much for me. This thorn hurts. Take this out of my finger. Come on, brother, pull my finger. No. He said, it's too much. This is too much. This hurts too bad. Please take this from me. He asked him three times. Now, understand something. First, he said he glories in his infirmities. He glories in his pain. He glories in the agony that he is going through. Then in verse number seven, he's telling us, now he's telling us what we call the backstory, how he got to the point where, the, where he could glory in what he was going through. Are you with me? He's telling us the backstory. Verse 7, he says, I was doing well, doing all that I could do for the Lord and prospering in it really well, people being blessed. But because of what I was doing, that old devil sent messengers, a messenger from Satan, either using people or, or spiritually speaking it into my ear, trying to get me to fall away, fall back, to stop doing what God had called me to do. All right? This thing, he said, this thing was really under my skin. And it would really bother me. And for this, I sought the Lord three times. First dimension of grace, second dimension, third dimension of grace. I sought the Lord three times. And during the third dimension of grace, he spoke to me. And what did the Lord say in the third dimension? He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Stop right there for a moment. The Lord speaks out, and by the way, we're talking from the third dimension of grace, part two, in case you didn't know. Praise the Lord. From the series Walk Tall, this will be part number six. Are you with me? This was really under Paul's skin. This is really bothering him. This is really irritating him. Now, you... I pray, or it is possible, very possible, that a lot of you have things in your life under your skin that are really irritating you. And these are things, because they're under your skin, you can't cover up. Or you cover them up, you can put on a pair of gloves, if you like, but it does not make the pain go away. 
You can put nail polish on that finger, but it does not make the pain go away. It is still there. Paul said, this thing is painful to me. And because of this, I asked the Lord three times to deliver me from it, to take this thing from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient. Now, we're going to have to let this be applicable to us here today and understand what the Lord is saying to Paul because Paul realized something. In this verse, he realized what the Lord was saying. Now, the word sufficient here uh, in the Greek is archaeo. And archaeo means to be uh, possessed of unfailing strength. It means to defend or ward off. It means to be satisfied, to be contented. I love the first definition there, to be possessed of unfailing strength. The Lord says here, Paul, he didn't tell him no. He didn't say, no, I'm not going to take it from you. But he told him what was happening during the pain. During what you're going through. He said, Paul, my grace is sufficient. My grace, in other words, will possess you with unfailing strength. At the moment of your pain, you are being possessed with unfailing strength. At that moment of hardness. Now, possess means to to seize or to take, to gain or to win, to occupy or to hold. At this moment when Paul is in great agony great pain, Satan himself sends a word or sends someone or something to him to strike him over and over and over. And usually this is in the same spot. Striking same way financially, same spot. The same way emotionally. Striking in your mind. Striking your relationships, the same thing. Striking in your home, striking in your marriage, over and over and over and over in the same place. And if I were to take a survey of, of you in here today, most of you could tell me that if, if I could just get deliverance over this one thing, then I would be okay. If the Lord would just take this one thing from me, then it seems like I could make it. If he could take this one thing from me, it is this place. It is from that place that the enemy stands in and he strikes you. Boom, over, boom, and over, boom, and over, boom, and over again. And it is this place that is actually called infirmity. This is the place of your weakness. The enemy fights you from your place of weakness. He may fight you with your own mind, fight you with your own thoughts, fight you with your checkbook. You don't have any money. Fight you with relatives or relationships from this one place. He knocks a lot of people out, boom, and knocks a lot of people down, and they fall away from this one area. It is this area that Paul has learned to say, I glory in it. I shine in it. From this place, he realizes that, that the enemy is not winning, but he has actually won. He has gained the victory in this place. Does anybody want to get the victory over that place? Then hear what the Lord says. Paul said, I asked the Lord three times 
And as I enter the third dimension of grace, we can say, the Lord spoke back to me. He revealed to him another revelation. He revealed to him another method of instruction, more wisdom. He said, my grace is sufficient. Or in other words, my grace will possess you with unfailing strength. A strength that will not run out. My grace will seize you. My grace will take over. To possess means to seize or to take over. It means to occupy. It means to hold. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, when did Paul first receive grace? Did he receive grace when the trial first started, when this thing first reared his ugly head? No, he received grace at the road to Damascus. Grace has been a part of his life for a long time now. Grace was present. But listen, he said, my grace, the thing that I have placed in you, it's already in you. You don't have to ask God to bring it to you. It's already in you. It was in you when you first gave your life to Jesus. It was with you when, when you decided to give your life to Jesus. The grace of God. He said, my grace is sufficient. In other words, my grace will possess you with unfailing strength. Paul, let it, let it possess you with unfailing strength. And then he tells him why. He said, for my strength. Now, the word strength here is dunamis. In the Greek, it means strength, power, or ability. It means the power uh, to perform miracles. The power to perform miracles or the power for miracles or the, or the power for performing miracles. It means also the power and influence which belongs to a, a rich or wealthy person. Now, when you got some money, you got influence, and you can say just about whatever you want to say, and it get done. Hallelujah. I bet you, I'm going to get a little graphic for you. Please, uh, please excuse us. Don't mean to be crude. But if I bet you if a dog came in here and did a number two right here on the floor, and everybody looked at it and toot your nose up and say, ooh, ooh, how did that dog get in here and do a number two on the floor? It really does smell. And if I said, somebody clean that up. Only one or two would get up and go over there and get that. But if I, if I a rich man, would say, I'll pay you $10,000 to get that, get that duty up, I bet your folk will fly from all across the building to get that duty up. Hallelujah. Dunamis means the, a part of dunamis means the, the power or influence of a wealthy man. In other words, you can say something and it'll come to pass. Hallelujah. Are you with me? He said again, he said, my strength or my dunamis, listen, is made perfect in weakness. Now the word perfect means complete, to be made complete or to be made mature, to be fully furnished. Every, all parts are now uh, complete. It's like a puzzle. The final piece is now in place. It's done. Now listen. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, my grace will possess you, Paul. It will take hold of you. It will seize you. The power that you need, the resources that you need will come upon you and take control in that place. And he said, why? For my strength, my dunamis is made perfect. It is perfected. In other words, while you are going through this thing, it is made perfect in weakness. While you are in this spot... 
And most of us are got blood all on our face because we've been tore up so much. But we say, but I'm still going to church. Oh, the devil's on my back. The devil's in my home. But I'm still going to church. I'm still going. We got blood just running everywhere. I all swole, lip all swole. Well, the enemy done tore you up and tore you up and tore you up and tore you up. You've been to the altar five or six times a day. God, forgive me. I did it again oh god oh god this is one area i just can't seem to beat and the enemy goes pow oh pow oh pow but i'm still going to church to serve the lord are you with me he said for my strength jesus said my strength my power my ability my influence to control situations or circumstances is made perfect. In other words, it is completed in weakness. In other words, while you're going through this particular thing that you're going through, at the same time, God understands, the Lord understands, that he is building a power. He is building dunamis. He is building an overcoming strength on the inside of you that will change the situation. The devil knows that the Lord Jesus is building that strength in you. That's why he's trying to get you all focused. He's trying to, he's trying to uh, get your mind on this, that, and the other and away from what God is doing on the inside of you. There's a volcano that's erupting on the inside of you. God knows it, the devil knows it, but you just don't know what God is doing on the inside of you. He's building a power. He's building a power. And so the enemy, the only thing the enemy can do is keep on hitting you, hoping that you don't know what God is doing on the inside of you. Don't let him find out. Don't let him find out. Don't let him find out. Messengers, keep her down. Keep her down. Keep him down. Keep hitting. Keep hitting. Don't let him go to church today to find out what Jesus is doing. He's saying my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now here is the very power of God that the Bible declares in the book of Ephesians that is exceeding to us word who believe. Here's the very power of God. The Bible declares that uh, uh, Paul declared later on in the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is somebody that has gotten the revelation. He says also in 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, verse number 14, uh, he said, uh, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Why? For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. The enemy does not want you to know that the glory cloud is descending upon you right there in the area of your weakness. Mm, right there. Right there when you think that you can't take another hit. Right there when you think I can't go another day. I can't take another moment of this. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I ought to just go back to what I used to do. Right there. Right there. The Lord says, oh, if they only find out. Oh, I got to send them a preacher who will tell them that right there, my glory is descending upon them. And a volcano of power is about to erupt. From this place, the Lord will show up and show out from that place of weakness.
right here. The enemy thought he had you, but right here, you have actually have control of him. The Lord said that this power is only made perfect in weakness. You got to be weak to get this. In weakness. That is, that is in feebleness. Now, looking at the word weakness in the Greek, it means want of strength. It means uh, infirmity. It means feebleness of health or of, it means sickness. It means to bear trials or, or troubles. Uh, th- that is, I, I don't have anything. That is, I am defenseless. I, I cannot overcome this. I've done all that, that I know how to do. I prayed all that I know how to pray. I've asked and I begged and I borrowed and I still don't have enough. I had oil laid on me so much you could barbecue some chicken with it, fry some chicken, and I don't know what to do anymore. Lord, I am weak in this area. I am weak. But what you don't know is that the power of God has been growing in you and growing and growing and growing. And at the point when you say, I've had it, I can hear a spiritual, a spiritual bell go, ding, it's done, it's done, the power is done, it's done, ding, it's ready, it's ready, it's ready, it's ready. The power to take over, the power to subdue, the power to have dominion, the power to challenge your adversary, the power to put his feet, his his neck beneath your feet, the power to be sons and daughters of God and take control is now ready on the inside of you. The enemy just does not want you to know it. This is why Paul said at the very beginning, he said, I glory in my infirmities. He says, I know that when I'm going through, when I'm at my weakest, I can feel the glory of God. I can feel the very power of Christ. The power of Christ has then come and made its abode on me to change the situation. But it only is perfected in the moment of weakness. Are you with me? Now, let's look at this a little bit further. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. I wonder why he said that now. No, I know. He said, you don't understand what I got already cooking in the oven of your heart. You don't understand that. I already got something there. He said, for my strength, my dunamis, my ability to control the situation, my power, my strength, my ability is made complete in weakness. All right, Paul says, okay, 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 Lord, I think I got it. I think I got it now. And he gives us this statement. He says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. When I glory in my infirmities, when I speak to the contrary, the enemy is buffeting me with, with words of doubt concerning finances, saying you'll never have enough. But I began to hit back and, and, and declare, I have abundance. So my God shall supply all of my needs according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. I am striking back with the power of Christ. Boom. I am striking through the adversary. And the situation is changing. He said most gladly. He said, I'm glad to do this. I'm glad to do this. In other words, Paul has understood that he will not allow 
the circumstances to control his life. He'll not allow the circumstances to control his praise, to control his worship, to control uh, his thanksgiving to the Lord. He says that I most gladly am in this thing. In other words, he has decided to embrace the trial. Before he was looking for a way out of it by saying, Lord, take it from me. Now he's saying, no, I'm glory. No, close the, close the doors. No, I want to stay in here a little bit longer because the power of God is on me now. Before he wanted to get out. It's just too much pressure. It's too much on me. I can't do it. I can't do it. Lord, take it from me. One, take it from me. Two, take it from me. Three, take it from me. Take it from me. Take it from me. But now after he's learned, he's saying, no, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to stay right here. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Don't you understand that when that happens, you become uncontrollable? Because from the enemy's perspective, he's done, he, he, he thinks that he uh, is defeating you or knows that he's defeating you when you're crying out to get out of it. The more we scream, the more glory he gets. The more we scream in agony, oh, take my life now, the more glory he gets. And all the hounds of hell, they laugh. <laughs> we got him now. We got him now. We got him now. We got him. Look at him. Look at them all down. Oh, we got him now. Head down, worried and whining. Oh, we got him now. We got him now. We got him now. The message has gotten through. Well, the moment you shake that stuff loose, mm -mm, no, 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 no. I defy the natural realm. I defy it. It says that I don't have enough. No, I defy it. I declare I have abundance. I declare God's word is true. I declare what he said. I believe the report of the Lord. I defy what my eyes see. I declare that it is a lie and my God is true. He says I'm healed. Well, then I defy this sickness. He says, I have abundance, then I defy this lack. He says, peace, then I defy this war and hell all around me. I stand as a son of God, and I defy this natural world. I defy it. I stand in resistance. I resist this thing. And the Bible says, submit yourselves, therefore, unto God, and resist the enemy, and he flees from you. You see, this, this is not some normal stuff. I'm not sitting in the waiting room whining and complaining anymore. I'm, I'm standing in direct rebellion to what the enemy has done. I'm standing as a soldier, soldier, standing in resistance, saying, you've come this far, devil, and you will not come any further. I've drawn the line in the sand. The bloodline has been cast, and I dare to put your pinky toe over here. I'm going to step on it and cut it off. That's somebody who's militant and a warrior who's going to take new ground. Somebody who understands who they are. Hallelujah. I told Brother Parnell and uh, Sister April, I believe it was uh, Friday night, about uh, my son was having uh, some, some nosebleeds. My wife, with the four of us were together, my wife and uh, Sister April, Brother Parnell, and, and I told them I got to go home and, and take care of this. This shall not be in my household. I shall not have that. I stand in resistance. I shall not have sickness. I shall not have poverty. I shall not have lack because I know what Jesus has said, and I stand in resistance to it. 
Now, whether deliverance comes the next moment or the next day or the next year or 10 years from now, you'll see me standing faithfully with my gun cocked, believing in the word of the Lord, standing in resistance. Are you with me? The enemy sends messengers, sort of just like the, the postman. He comes to bring you a package or the UPS man, FedEx man, brings you a package and you've got to sign for it. Once you sign for it, it's yours. My bishop said it's kind of like what the old folks used to say. You know, on Thursday they said, oh, I took sick on Thursday. Why'd you take it? I took sick on Thursday. You should have left it. Don't sign for that. Stand in resistance to that. When you know your covenant right in the Lord. Let's go ahead and finish this thing up. Verse 10 says, therefore, listen... Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Boy, it's the total turnaround now. He said, I take pleasure in it. When I'm frustrated, I get pleasure now. Good God Almighty. My back's against the wall. Oh, oh, it does something for me now. You feel the wall, feel the wall. Oh, mm, power, power. Power. It's kind of like He-Man. He-Man stand on the cliff and say, I got the power! Oh, oh, this power feels good. Oh, it's good. Why? Because God says at that moment, his power is resting on you. At that very power, you can hear the, that spiritual bell power is complete now download is complete all things are ready the lord's been downloading a new program into your computer and this program will cause you to act and do things in a different way but all this time you've been going through some things it was going to the, the progress meter's been going up 10 percent 20 percent 30 percent the download not complete yet 40 percent 50 percent we're like lord i can't take this anymore hold on daughter hold on son 60 percent 65 percent 70 percent lord i'm not thinking about leaving the church hold on hold on hold on 80 percent 85 percent i don't know what i'm gonna do hold on hold on hold on 90 percent 95 percent i don't know if i can take it hold on hold on 100 percent ding whoa power of god ready <laughs> ready to take action you've been waiting on deliverance you've been waiting on the power of God to reach completion and perfection on the inside of you so Paul said hey I take pleasure in it when I'm right here, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I got the proper Wi-Fi connection, and I'm connected to my God, and he's downloading me. I realize that I, when I'm in my weakness, I'm receiving a download. Hallelujah. I'm receiving a download. He said, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in reproaches. I take pleasure when folk are talking about me. I, I, I laugh. I like it, Paul says. In necessities, when I don't have very much, I'm taking pleasure in it. He said, in persecution, they really coming against me. In distress and stress, I don't know what to do. I'm taking pleasure in that too. He said, for Christ's sake, listen, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Then, at that moment, I'm experiencing the power of God in my life. So what do we do at that moment of weakness? 
when you're in your weak place once again, what do you do? Reach back and feel his strength and pull his strength forward. Reach back and declare with your words, oh Lord, hey, hey, wait, wait a minute. Hey, I'm frustrated now. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't have any money. I'm weak. Oh my God, that must mean that his power is with me now. Ooh, that must mean that the dunamis power, the power of a rich man to declare and speak a thing is in my mouth now. So let me begin to declare. What am I going to declare? Lord? What am I going to declare? What am I going to declare? Yeah, I have abundance. I have abundance. I have abundance because now it means something over here. Now it means something. I declare now that I have wealth. I declare now that I have joy. I declare the love of God flows through me mightily. I declare that the power and presence of God is in me to affect the change in the world in my life oh lord i declare it now i speak a thing and from this place i begin to dance i begin to dance oh from this place i begin to dance let me do something oh i begin to dance i don't care what dance you do sprinkler or whatever but i begin to dance before the lord because i've got the victory now i begin to declare what he said to me and i become an overcomer i become uncontrollable he can't control the enemy can't control you anymore can't control what am i gonna do with them i can't control them anymore I can't control them. And what happens? The complete transformation takes place. The Lord said, look, I've been trying to use other people, other of my saints. I've been trying to develop a power in them that would affect the change in the world. I've been trying to get them a download, but some of them kept wimping out on me. They wouldn't let me complenish. They wouldn't let me finish the work. They would never get the full revelation. He said, but I sought for a man, I sought for a woman who would let me complete my power in them. Because somebody else needed my power to be revealed in their lives. But I just couldn't find anybody to let me work it fully in them. To go through all the steps it takes to, to wait on the full download so that I could get it in the earth. God already has excellent power, all power and all strength. He's trying to perfect the power in you that will change the environment. He said, but I couldn't find nobody until I found you. You that would allow me to go through the steps. You that would hold on until the download was complete. And once it has reached completion, once you have said really from your heart, Lord, I can't take this anymore. I can't go through this anymore. Once you reach that place, begin to sing, begin to dance, begin to declare, because the power of the Lord is resting upon you. I pray you've heard the word of God today. If you have your Lord, a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. 